How did you do? How did you do, podcast family? How are you? I hope you are well. Now, this is your girl, MGW, and this is another episode of The Spoken Word. It's a hearty welcome to our first-time listeners, and it's continued big up and thank you and blessings to those of you who have become family. Now, for this episode, I want to quickly encourage someone. I just want to remind someone who is in a tight spot, in a tight situation, just waiting for a release that God is about to trouble the king's sleep. Yes, he's about to trouble the authority, those who who hold the answer, those who are holding on to your next step. But before we go any further, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you. We acknowledge you, we salute you, we declare that you are God and that there is none above you, there is none before you, there is none to come. You are indeed that I am that I am. We thank you there, Father, that even now you want to remind us that you, you, you're just really the God who is in control, that you are above everyone, even those in authority and position. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you and we pray even know that as you speak to our hearts, that our hearts will be receptive to receive their Father. And we ask that you take all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so for this encouragement, I'll be looking at maybe a few verses in two different books. And interestingly, these books are both from chapter six of these books. So I'll be going into Daniel chapter six and I'll be going into Esther chapter six. My apologies if I'm so sounding a little hoarse, but I still feel as if I should push through to share this encouragement with you. And so I will just be paraphrasing, but in, in, in Esther, let's go with Esther. Esther first. In Esther chapter 6, if we know the story of Esther, we know that um, Esther was being looked after by her uncle Mordecai. Mordecai was a Jew and he was just, he stood for what he believed in. I'm just paraphrasing just to get to Esther 6 verse 1 and maybe 2 thereabout. And, and Mordecai stood for what he believed in. Esther was calling to the palace. She was being prepared. She was being prepared to go to see if she would have found favor with the king. No, no, there was a man called Haman. So Haman was in charge. You know, he was in charge and he did not like anything about Mordecai because one of the things that Haman wanted, he wanted everyone to bow to him. And and Mordecai, Mordecai was adamant that he wasn't going to bow to Haman. And so he was reported and, you know, he, he, he just, he displeased Haman in every single way possible now Amon had this plot he had this plot he schemed with he schemed with with his family and friends that they were going to kill Amon so there was a gallows awaiting Amon I don't know if you're in a situation where things are just lining up about to happen 
But interestingly, when we said, you know, God is going to disturb the king's sleep, God is going to disturb the person in authority's rest. This is what we saw happening in, in chapter six of Esther. No, in chapter six, and I encourage you to just go through this story so you can really get to the significance of the king not being able to sleep. Now in Esther chapter six, verse one, and I'm using the NIV, it says that night the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of the chronicles the record of his reign to be brought in and read to him. It was phone recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. And, and we can literally pause right there. As a matter of fact, let me just go down to, to verse, uh, maybe verse six thereabout. The king said, who is in the court? No, Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Amon entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? No, Amon thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? And it continues, but the, 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 the ending of that, if I'm to paraphrase, is that Amon... Amon had a grand gesture for the man to be honored because he thought it was going to be for him. And as we saw, the king's, the king's sleep was troubled because Mordecai needed to be vindicated at that time. So everything that Amon thought of, the king said to him, go and do all of this for Mordecai. When we say that God is about to trouble the sleep of the king, the sleep of someone who is in authority, the key, the key, the, the sleep of someone who needs to vindicate you. I hope that you are receiving this. Why is this still significant? Why is this still relevant? He's the same God that was, the same God that did this in the time of Esther and Mordecai, nothing about him has changed. You're in a situation and there's just everything is the scheme. The scheme is so tight. The, the scheme is so, it is so full. Like it is just right there and you're at the point and you're, you're not seeing any way that you can vindicate yourself. But God is about to trouble the sleep of the king is about to disturb the rest. He's about to, to bring to remembrance. He's about to ask for the records. Ask for the record so that you can be vindicated. Bless the name of Jesus. I'm excited about this word for someone who is about to be vindicated. There is a, for some of us, the, the, the king, that person in authority, they've already gone through their restless night. They've already gone through that period. It's, it's already resting on them. And now they're about to ask for the records. Now they're about to ask what has been done for so and so. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. I did say that we were going to be quick with this one. 
So let us just go over into the book of Daniel chapter 6. In Daniel chapter 6, in summary, this is about Daniel being thrown in the lion's den. And and, and, and we in the Caribbean, and I'd want to think otherwise, we have this this chorus, Daniel's God surely will deliver. Hallelujah. And it's a fact that Daniel's God surely will deliver. Now, Daniel was, as we know, Daniel had faith on him uncommon favor daniel was 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 successful in everything that he was given he was set apart he's he's who we would call anointed and appointed he was so good at what he was given that he was he was literally would call him the the governor he was in charge so though he was he he was not from the babylonian system he had favor he had favor in babylon and he was in charge he was the governor and as you would imagine, those who reported to him, those who thought, you know, they should have been, they tried to find everything, but, but Daniel's record was so clean. And the thing that Daniel loved so much, the thing that caused Daniel to, to be set apart was Daniel. One, one thing is Daniel's prayer life. Daniel prayed three times per day. And that is what we call consistency. I'm trying to learn consistency. I hope you are too. Daniel was praying three times daily. And Daniel would open his window and he would point toward Jerusalem. Because if we remember... um. When the temple was made, you know, it was, it was said that, you know, when, when you point toward Jerusalem, then something happened. There's a connection. And so Daniel was doing that. And these men, these schemers, let me call them schemers. They tried to find everything, but they could not find anything. And you know what they decided? And I'm just paraphrasing. Please go and read Daniel chapter six. They decided that, you know what, if we're going to use anything against this man, it has to be something about his, his relationship with his God. It has to be something about his religion or our relationship, right? And so that is what they conspired. So they, rec- they knew that he was devoted to God, almighty God, the God of his ancestors, the God of his forefather. Now, these men came up with a scheme. They came up with a decree and they brought it to the king. So the royal decree, and, and as I'm looking at this, let me just go down to, to verse 12. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day so when they went to daniel's territory daniel's home they saw daniel in his posture of prayer and this was the very thing so the very thing that you're standing for the very thing that you you are resolute to keep is the very thing that the enemy is trying to use against you but guess what when even when daniel heard about this decree i i don't want to believe that at this point in time when they came and saw daniel daniel was praying for help daniel was asking Asking God, God, how are you going to help me through this? Because they're now telling me for the next 30 
days that I cannot pray to you. Imagine Daniel was already praying three times daily. And if we were to check this, this was, this is 90 prayers. This would be 90 prayers that they were trying to come against. And they saw Daniel doing what he loved to do. Daniel was praying and they used that very thing against him and they brought it to the king. Now, as we know in that time, when the king gave a word, when he used his signet ring, when, when a decree, a royal decree is given, then it cannot be repealed. It has to go through. Now, clearly, Daniel had favor with even the very king. Daniel had favor with the Babylonian king. Because when, when the king recognized that it was Daniel, he was making every, every effort to see what could happen. And let's look at verse 14. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. But again, it was already a royal decree. It could not be repealed. It could not be revoked. And so... The king gave order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. But I love what the king said to Daniel. And in verse, the last part of verse 16, the king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. I don't know which Daniel needs to hear this. May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. So, of course, they placed a stone and the signet ring and it was sealed and everything. But in verse 18, it says, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. If, if, if you ask me, I'd want to say that the king went on fasting for Daniel. The king, the man of authority, Daniel's boss, he went on fasting for Daniel. The last thing he said to Daniel, he said, May the king whom you serve, may your God whom you serve continually, always rescue you. So I'm saying to Daniel, I'm saying to the nowadays Daniel, the person who has been placed in the situation, you are doing good for the Lord. You're, you're, you're bringing glory and honor to his name. And through your very deeds, it has been brought up against you. But just as how Darius could not sleep, just as how Darius had to deny himself pleasure, just as how Darius had to go on a fasting, whether he knew it, knew it to be a fast or not. He had to go on a fast and he went on the fast for Daniel. And what I love is that in verse 19, it says, at the first light of dawn, the king, the, the king did not sleep. He was just waiting to see what happened. Was Daniel vindicated? Did Daniel God come through for him? And verse 19 says, At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. 
The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for someone who is in that tight spot. My God, God is about, God has already troubled the sleep of the person who is in authority over your situation. And like Daniel, even if you get to the dead, even if you are thrown in, my God, he's already dealing with the appetite of the lions. As hungry, as vicious as they are, they, 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 they will be calmed. Their mouths will be closed because Daniel God surely will deliver. Daniel God surely will deliver. So this is for a Daniel and this is for an Esther today. It may not, you may not be may not be a female to receive um, what happened to, to Mordecai. I should have said Mordecai. You may not need to be a male to receive what happened to Mordecai. You can be a female. The point is, if you're a Mordecai or if you're a Daniel, if you're in those situations, God has troubled the sleep of those in authority. God has disturbed their sleep because he's about to vindicate you. The word of the Lord unto your hearts today. Love and blessing and we give God every glory, honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. This is your girl MGW signing out another time. See you soon.